The title of the lesson today is Imitate and Illuminate. Imitate and Illuminate. And you'll see why here in just a second. Ephesians chapter 5. Now give me an amen when you get there. Amen. Amen. All right, let's read this. I'm reading out of the 1984 edition of the New International Version. I know some of us are reading the updated New International Version, uh, but I'm reading from the old school one here, okay? All right, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore... As dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, this being the church, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual morality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We'll stop there. Wow, that's a lot of good stuff right there. And it's pretty simple and pretty practical. It's pretty easy to understand. So that was the sermon for the day. I'm just playing. We're going to say a couple things. But in verse 1 and verse 8, those are kind of the two key verses for us in this whole passage that we read here. Verse 1, it talks about being imitators. And in verse 8, it says to live as children of the light. And so that's why we're going to talk about imitate and illuminate. So let's talk about this idea of imitating. Look again here in verse 1. It says, be imitators of God. I know in the 2011 version it says follow God's example. But really the, 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 the scripture is written in Greek originally and it's translated to English. And so the correct translation is this idea of imitation. And so be imitators of God is more accurate than let's say follow God's example. But it says to be imitators of God. Now what do imitators do? They imitate. Okay, all right, yeah. They imitate, right? They copy. They mimic. They, they follow, right? Now, I know some of us are really good imitators in the room. 
Some of us, you know, we, we can imitate, you know, celebrities or stars or politicians, or we can imitate others in the congregation. I know John Reed is a really good imitator. He doesn't think he is, but, but he is. In fact, he's the only one I've ever seen who's done a, a decent job at imitating me. <laughs> when we were in college, you, it was my 21st birthday in the campus ministry. Uh, they had, you know, a little honoring for us, and uh, they did a skit. And uh, they tried to do a day in the life of Marcel Hall. And John Reed was Marcel Hall. Probably because he was the only black guy in the campus ministry besides me. But also because he did a really good job of imitating me in some of my mannerisms. And it was really cool to see that. And I know a number of us are really good. Some of us aren't as good. But there's a number of us who are really good at imitating. Now my daughter, Sanaya, a.k.a. Baby Girl, she's an imitator. And like most children, they imitate their parents, right? It's so cute to see that. When you see little, little kids and they're imitating their parents, right? I, I love when my daughters imitate us by sweeping. They try to clean. You know, I'm like, keep that, please. <laughs> but my daughter tonight, she's a little bit unique in this, in that she imitates uh, Karina and I, but she also has a crazy, uncanny ability and desire to imitate many of her friends. Now, I'm not talking about like, oh, hey, we're just following what you're doing. No, I mean imitate her friends. Like, whatever they say, she says. Whatever they do, she does. Now, she doesn't get in trouble. We've been working with her on this, amen? But she has two friends that she really imitates. And uh, one of them is the Raina's daughter, uh, Ellie. She imitates Ellie. So we're like, Raina's, you better do a good job with your daughter. But the other one is a, a family friend named Alexis. Now, Alexis is about six years old. And uh, so she's several years old. Or she's seven. I think she's seven now, right? Um, and so she's several years older than my daughter. So I think my daughter thinks she's cool because she's hanging with the older kids. You know what I mean? But she loves Alexis. And she imitates Alexis to the T. I mean, it's to the point where we're like, okay, can you stop? Okay, please stop. I mean, she is now, when Alexis, she gets around Alexis, she's no longer Sanaya baby girl. She's Alexis part two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you get them together, you, you have to see this. It's pretty scary, actually, for us. I mean, she'll get together and uh, we'll ask Sanaya a question. Hey, what happened? And she'll wait and look at Alexis to see what will Alexis say. And then whatever Alexis says, she'll follow it. And I say, no, baby girl, I'm talking to you. And she looks up. And then she waits. So she's a great imitator. Here's the thing. We are called to imitate God. We are called to imitate, to mimic, to follow, to copy God. It says to imitate, be imitators of God. And what does it say we imitate? We imitate him in his love. We follow God. First John says God is love. So what does that mean? That means you and me, if we are children in the light, we are to become people of love. This is supposed to be our trademark, who we are. We are following God's examples. What we see in Scripture and through experience, what we know about God, we are therefore supposed to imitate that. And not just try to, 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 to do an average job, but to do our very best and try to copy him to the T. We'll be better than my daughter is at following her friend Alexis. We are called to imitate God in his love. It also says 
In this passage, or right before that, it, it was talking about forgiveness, in which Reese finished off the last time we were in the book of Ephesians. And it's interesting here, just as a side note, that just after talking about forgiveness, it talks about imitating God and his love. And so we see there's a link between forgiveness and love. And we know God has exemplified this forgiveness and his love for us by sending Christ, his son, to die for you and me. And so what does this say here? Look at this again. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Sometimes you have to catch these commas and these pauses and really allow this to minister to you. I know many of us struggle with feeling like God loves us. There's a reason why the scriptures have your dearly loved children to remind you and me, hey, God loves you. If you're a children, a child of God, he loves you. You don't have to doubt that. Even if you messed up, he still loves you. And he says here, and we go on, and it says, and live a life of love. Or in the 2011 version, it says, walk in the way of love. And really, the Greek is to walk in love. And so walk in the way of love, that, that's, that's accurate, and live a life of love. But I like this idea more of just taking it word for word in translation and walking in love. Now think about this. Picture this. What, what comes to mind when you think of walking in love? In love. Big smile. I'm walking in love. Right? Well, I mean, think about this. Walking in love. What is some imagery? It's okay. We can, we can even get a little, little participation right here. What's some imagery that comes to mind when you think of walking in love? Yes. Walking on clouds like nothing is wrong. Okay, awesome. Walking in love. Others. What is some, some imagery that comes to mind? Yes, in the back there. Letting the Holy Spirit control things and then you follow him behind. Okay, awesome, awesome. Any others? Yes. Serving others. Serving others. So it's active. Okay, yes. Greeting people with love, right? What's that? Whoever crosses your path, you're walking in love. So many things, and for, the, for each individual, we might have a different image. But one of the things that stands out for me is walking in love is I am in love. I'm walking. It's active. But here's the thing. I'm surrounded by love. I'm walking in it. Like if you're walking in a, a, a puddle, you're thinking, man, I'm getting wet. Right? If you're walking in love, you're being... Filled with love, you're being hit by love, but, but you're also surrounded by love. It's all around you. It's not separated. There, there's not times of love or, 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 or sectioned off, here's my act of love. No, it's who I am. It's what I'm surrounded by. It is what is my trademark. It, it is my environment. So walk in love. Here's a command here. We are called to walk in love. There's no time for love. It's what we always do. I'm walking in love. It's who I am. It's what God is. Again, this is the trademark for God's children. John 13, 34 through 35. Many of us know this passage, right? Jesus tells his disciples, he says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. He says the trademark for Christians is to love. And we know that this is not just a feeling. He's not talking about uh, love as in the noun use, as it being something we just feel. But love in a verb use, as in it is action. It is something that is being done. Not something that's talked about, but something that is lived out. Are you guys with me here? 
Even he gives an example for us. Look again in verse 2. And live a life of love. Just as, so he's given us something, a standard, a benchmark to, to uh, understand and look toward to when we think of walking in love. Just as Christ loved us, okay, great, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He points us again to what? To Christ. He says, here's the example here. When you walk in love, it's just as Christ, when he sacrificed himself, for you and me as a offering and fragrant offering to God. God's people love, not just feel, but in action. It's something that we do, something we're surrounded by, something we're described as. So then the question for you and I today is how is your love? Does it... Are you described as a man of love? Does somebody say, how? Wow, you remind me of God and his love. Because remember, we're supposed to imitate, follow, mimic, copy God. So our love must look like the Father's love for us and mankind. Not just being nice or polite, but sacrifice, forgiveness in action. So are you a good or a bad imitator of God? You know, there's, like we talked about, there's good imitators and there's bad imitators. Are you a good or a bad imitator of God? Now, we're all familiar, right? We, we see some people on TV, very good actors. They're really good at imitating. You're like, wow, that sounds just like Barack Obama or that sounds just like Hillary Clinton or, or whoever it is. We're like, man, they do an uncanny job. And then we see somebody go, yeah, that's not that good. You know, I, I have, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people, like I said, have tried to imitate me. I don't know why. You know, I really don't. But, but they try to imitate me. And so, like I said, John Reed is probably one of the only few that I'm like, you know, I give you props, man. You, you, you did a pretty good job. But I've had a number of people try to imitate me. And they try to imitate the way I talk. And it's funny uh, because they, a lot of times they try to use their uh, black voice. <laughs> And they try to say something that I would say, and they go, yeah, and I'm like, no, no, that's not me. That, that, that doesn't sound like me, you know what I mean? Or I had this uh, particular laugh that I, that I guess I acquired from my grandfather, and uh, so some people tried to imitate this laugh, and they go, <laughs> and they think they're doing a good job, they're laughing, like, ha, and I'm like, no. I, don't, I know I sound different to myself, but I know I don't sound like that, you, you know what I mean? How's your imitation... Is someone trying? How's your imitation of God? Are you a good imitator? Or are you a bad imitator? Is God looking going, wow, that's great, that's awesome, that, that, that's like my son. Or is he going, hmm, that's not that good. It's not a good job. It doesn't really reflect who I am or what I'm like. You see, our love, you and I, our love is supposed to reflect God's love. It's supposed to remind people. It's supposed to shine and look like the Father's love. We are called to be imitators of God in love. When we love like God, then I truly believe that we will illuminate. Look at verse 3 here. We talked about imitating God's love. Now we're going to talk about imitating. Let's read it again here. Verse 3. But among you... There must be not even a hint of sexual immorality 
or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then. How you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's a conviction and a seriousness here about how we are to live. It's simple. It's clear. It's practical. As I've heard recent Marty say, you'd have to be a theologian to get this messed up. It is clear as day. There's a seriousness and there's a conviction that God has about the way you and I are to live. We are to be children of the lights. And basically what, what he sums up in one word is to be holy. What does it mean to be holy? It means to be of God. It means to be different. And Dave, can you show that, that picture here? Here's what it means to be holy. All right? The campus ministry is familiar with this. We, we talked about this a while ago. But these are Skittles up here. And you notice there's some Skittles that are off to the side. Did you see that? There you go. Those are the green Skittles. Green is my favorite color, so I'm glad I found this picture. But green Skittles here, they're off to the side. What? They're separate. They're different. They're being holy. You say, well, what does it mean to be holy? Think green Skittles. In fact, we even have hashtag green Skittles on there. Those are Twitter, Facebook, Instagram people. You can go ahead and use that. But this is what it means to be holy. This is what the scripture is describing here. Hey, we are to live differently than everybody else. Everybody else might be doing one thing, but you and I, no. We live as children of the light. We're different. We're of God. We're separate. We are holy. We don't look like the rest of the world. We don't behave, we don't think, and we don't value what the rest of the world values. God wants and expects his children to be 
holy. Holiness is not a good idea, but an absolute requirement. Did, did you catch that there? It's not a good suggestion. You didn't see in there where he was like, hey, you know what, guys? It's a really good idea if you, like, imitate God. And I think it's even, like, maybe even a better idea if you don't live like the way the rest of the world lives. Just try it once. No, that's not, there's no impression that he's giving, like, this is optional for you and me. It is clear. We are to be holy. Look in verse 3 again. Among you there should not even be a hint of sexual morality. That means we are sexually pure. Those of us who are children of light, hey, we, we understand what marriage is, and so therefore we honor what God has instituted here for us. And so we have sex only in the confinement of marriage. We remain pure sexually. It says not even a hint or of any kind of impurity or of greed. We go, greed, well, what is that? Well, I think we like to call that consumerism. That's, the, that's kind of the soft way of saying it now. So I'm not greedy. I just, I'm kind of into materialism. I'm kind of materialistic. Now, we are not to be called to be materialistic. We are not to be greedy. We are not to be sexually immoral or impure. Look even at verse 15. Be very careful then how you live. God takes this seriously. You got to be careful. Not unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. So Christians, he says, don't, don't get drunk on wine, don't carouse and carouse. And, 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 and this can also obviously be applied to smoking or whatever the case may be. He says, guys, we do not do that. That leads to debauchery, which leads to all kind of other types of sin. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't a, hey, this, this, I think this is a good idea. No, it is clear. You are a child of light. You are to illuminate. Therefore, you do not live like the rest of the world lives. There's no compromise here. No excuse or tolerance for sin. The scripture says sin is going to be dealt with. Did you catch that? He said because of such things, God's wrath is coming on those who are what? Disobedient. Some of us, we don't like this idea. And this is a tough thing to, to reconcile. We don't like to hear it. We, we don't like to tell other people. But it's real. It's true. It's clear. God is going to judge. And he says those who are disobedient, they have only to look forward to God's wrath. So children of the light live like children of the light. You say, well, isn't there grace? Isn't there grace? Exactly, there is grace. That's been offered through Jesus on the cross. And because there is grace that's offered for you and me, that's our motivation to live a holy life. Those of us in who are our children of God, we repented, got baptized, and are following Jesus Christ. We have been covered with Christ, have the Holy Spirit, and have grace. And because of that grace, 
You live like a child of light. You illuminate. Not to earn God's grace, but because you have received God's grace. Now let's say, to help us understand this, let's say you owned a business. I know we have some business owners in here, but everybody in here is a business, right? And this is your company. And let's say it's me, okay? And let's say I'm an employee for you, and, and I steal from your company. I'm stealing from you. Why does it got to be the brother? You know what I'm saying? But let's say I steal money from your business. And you go and you say, you know what, Marcel? Here's the thing, man. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive you. And not only am I going to forgive you, I'm not going to fire you. But I'm actually going to promote you. You're going to be the VP of the company. Some of you are like, man, that's crazy. But this is, what, this is what God did with us. Is that we sinned, we didn't earn anything, we actually committed a crime, but God offers us forgiveness and then actually elevates us to be his child. But let's go back. So you offer this to me, and then I continue to steal from you. How would you feel? You're done, somebody said, you're fired. Let's say you offer it, and then you come up to say, hey, Marcel, I gave you I gave you second opportunity. Not only did I give you second opportunity, I made you VP of the company. What's going on, man? Why are you stealing from me? I said, isn't there grace? Isn't there grace? Come on, man. Show a brother some grace. Like, I did show you grace. I should have inspired you to be the best employee that we have. And that's, that's the call for you and me. Because God has given us grace, you and I should be the best children we could possibly be because we're so grateful for what he's given us. We're not trying to earn his grace. There's no way we can earn his grace. There's no way we can be perfect. But we can strive our very best to live as children of the lights. We don't want to dishonor God's grace. We don't want to deface God's grace. We want to lift it up and praise and appreciate and let it illuminate out to the world. Children of the light are holy by his grace. And because of his grace, we strive to be holy. And what does it say here? There's a number of things in here. It talks about being good, living love, being righteous, truthful, careful, spiritual, grateful, and humble. Are you illuminating God's light? Is the light exposing the darkness around you? Or is it shadow covering over you? You see, some in here, like the scripture says, need to wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. Your light has been snuffed out. Living like a child of darkness. There's no separation. There's no, there's, there's no clear sign of holiness. Some of us in here, we look more like the world than we do Christ. Our Christianity is like, where's Waldo? You guys familiar with where's Waldo? This little guy, Waldo, he's wearing like a red and white shirt, I think. And they, they put him in these scenes, and it's like so hard to find him because there's a lot of red and white going on all over the place or different colors or whatever. That's some of our Christianity. We, we, where, where is he at? Oh, is there light over here? No, it doesn't look like light. Well, where is it? Our jobs, they, they don't know 
what we do. They know we're church attendees, but they don't see the light at school. They know you go to church and you've invited them to a Friday night event or whatever the case is. But they don't think, well, there's a clear difference. You're like the green Skittles. You're different than us. Our light has been snuffed out. It's been shadowed. Instead of light being exposed, the candle has been covered. Some of us in here have crept back into our old habits. We've lost our convictions about righteousness. The music we listen to. The TV that we watch. The language that we even use or that we're around and that we condone. The values. We look at the world and, man, I wish I could be like, man, I want to be like like Steve Jobs or whoever the case may be. We value what the world values. Making us unfruitful and unproductive. And God's light is not shining. Some here, we need to start exposing the darkness with our lights. When you go home. In the evening sometimes. Let's say you came home from something and you come home and it's dark. What's the first thing you do when you enter your house? Turn on the light. You come home, you flip the switch. Guess what? You and I are the light switch for God. In this world, when we go into our jobs, we are the light switch. We're illuminating. We are exposing what's going on. When we go to school in our neighborhoods, we're the light switch. We are the light exposing the darkness. And we say, what do you mean by exposing it? It means we're just shining. We're living such a holy life that it exposes everything else as to be a fraud and not worthy of living. We need to make sure we're illuminating. We illuminate with our lives and speaking up, exposing others to their sin. And I'm not just saying just calling people out like, hey, man, you're a liar. That's not what I'm saying. Exposing it by being honest and truthful. And in in our conversations with others, we can say, hey, you know what? Here's here's the problem here. See, you, you, you tend to lie. And here's why your relationship isn't working out. Because you you don't know God and God wants to change you. He wants to transform you. And they'll say, wow, you know what? It makes sense because I see the difference in your life. Instead of them saying, really? Well, I don't see that in you. See, we need to expose the darkness with a holy life as children of the light. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? That means helping a brother or sister in a congregation who you know is not living like a child of the light. Talking to them, helping them. That means being a light to the poor and the needy. There's so much, there's so many needs around us with the poor and needy. We could be a light to them to give hope. Illuminating to the lost around us, sharing our faith with people who are suffering the effects of living in the darkness. Because you and I know the effects of it. And we've seen the beauty and the blessings of what it's like to move over to the light. So as scripture says, hey, once you were in the darkness, but now you are in the light. Live as children of the light. We are to illuminate. You with me here? So what do we need to do? We need to imitate and illuminate. That's what we've learned. we got to imitate, illuminate. So what do we do? We need to imitate and illuminate. Imitate God and love. Live as children in life. Now, if you're not a true Christian here this morning, the first thing that you need to do is you need to make a decision today to find out more about God's love and his light. See, you can't imitate what you don't know. So if you're here with us today and you're not a true Christian, hey, 
Get to know God. Get into a Bible study with the person who brought you out so that you can know about God's love and know about his life, and then you can start imitating it. But all of us, we need to imitate God by walking in love. And again, those of us who have been Christians for many years, we've been following Jesus for a number of years. Again, you can't imitate what you don't know. Some of us, our relationship with God isn't where it needs to be. We've stopped having daily devotional times. We've stopped giving our very best. We're, We're unfamiliar with God and his love and his actions and his deeds and his grace. And therefore, we're not imitating very well. You see, we've never arrived. We're always growing, always in need to be striving to be our best and imitating Jesus. Walking in love practically, going out, serving, sacrificing, impacting others. Illuminating by living children, by living as children in the light. We live as children who know their father and know we're loved by our father. Again, not living to earn his love, but living because we know we are loved. Inspired by his grace, making practical decisions for daily life that will honor Christ, his sacrifice, and his resurrection. So let's give you some practicals here. Amen? I'm going to give you the practicals here, right, for this week here. If you're visiting with us again, I want to encourage you, you, you got to make a decision to study the Bible. Study the Bible. That's the first and for, uh, foremost thing to do. For all of us, though, I want you to imitate God in a specific way this week. Yes, okay, cool. Imitate God in a specific way this week. Find out something. Look look at the scriptures. Find a way. You know what? I'm going to imitate God this week in this area. And then expose your darkness. What does that mean? Get open. I know there's a number of us. We got some darkness going on right now. We need some light to shine in our lives. Get open this week. Expose it so that, again, God's light may shine upon you. And lastly, illuminate someone else. Make a decision. You know somebody. You know somebody who's suffering the effects of darkness. Go in there and help them. Reach out. Strengthen them. And show God's light. Be rich. We are so rich in Christ. We are so blessed to be children in the light. And these riches that we enjoy should lead us to living as children of the light, to imitate and illuminate, imitating God's love, illuminating with holy lives that shine in a dark world. Let's close out in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, or walk in love, Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Brothers and sisters, I pray that we imitate and illuminate. Amen.